Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Venom R1 Business Podcast, and I'm your host, and I have a lot on my mind, I'm enjoying a caramel iced macchiato, oh man, early start of the day, you know what I realized, one of my mentors um, mentioned yesterday that he wakes up with a feeling of gratitude and a feeling of servitude. And he does the same thing. He has a YouTube channel and um, he does a lot of motivational speeches. And um, for myself, you know, the same is true. You know, like I like doing my podcast in the morning, but I never thought about it. That it would be a situation where I never really considered it as servitude. But in a sense, I think sub-psychologically that's exactly what it is. I just like to start the day positive and just good vibes and just, you know, kind of format the day. And I like to share that with you guys. So I want to talk to you about last night. Hold on. So, last night, um, very late night, I began to think about, you know, my my youngest brother, you know, to pass away. You know, this is a childhood friend and somebody that I grew up with. And, you know, I'm kind of exploring, you know, this situation. You know, I've had some some major losses in my life. And um, it makes me reflect on everything, you know, like all at the same time, right? And the reason why I say that is because what has been working for me lately is not just what's happening it's like the meaning that I'm able to give it you know I think about my career and I can't help but to think about my life because I started my career so young that it inevitably is a part of my life And it's taboo, you know. I always speak about how if the industry this or the industry that, that the public reacts in this fashion or whatnot. Sometimes as an artist, you you can feel so small that if the industry doesn't put a seal or stamp of approval, it doesn't even exist. And it shouldn't be like that. You know, it's very abusive to even be in a situation like that. But I'm just giving you an example. So, you could be going through something and having a perception and feelings and thoughts about it. And it's like if the industry doesn't document it, it doesn't even exist. You know, you're the only person dealing with it, right? Now, right or wrong, it's still a human emotion that you go through, right? So, for me, I got my opportunity in music very, very young, and what wound up happening is the fact that I grew up kind of looking at life through this lens of an artist, and it was to the extent that I didn't realize it when I was young, you know, I just felt like this was something that I was committed to, it was something that I was doing, so throughout the evening, You know, I started to pray and I started to share my prayers with, you know, certain family members and stuff. And I was overwhelmed with the emotion to cry and to ventilate my feelings. And it wasn't until late night when everybody was like sleeping that I was praying like right before going to bed. And I finally was able to cry for a good maybe four or five minutes 
And, you know, I, I described what I was thinking and what I was feeling to, you know, another family member. It actually helped me go to sleep. You know, I cried so hard that my forehead and my head was hurting. But I also thought about how I may have been bottling up inside, you know, all of these emotions. And when I started to write to my family member, I basically mentioned things like, you know, my dreams are finally coming true. Like, not only am I a superstar celebrity, I'm grown enough to talk about it. I don't have to hide it. I don't have to conceal it. You know, sometimes I go to a business meeting in my regular business, my day-to-day, right? And people, like, interview me. And, like, I sit down and I just talk just talk to them, just chop it up with them. And it blows people's minds, like, how I'm able to do that. I'm able to switch gears. Like, I'm the artist when I'm on stage or I'm in the studio recording. After that... I'm an entrepreneur. That is my comfort zone. You know, I even overcame the fear of death. You know, like in that sense that when you're so young and you're in a position of power and a position of privilege, you can fear for your life because you know that there's a lot of crazy people out there. And you never know who truly has your best interests at heart. And maybe when you're young and manifest where you feel like you could be put in danger or let's say to be extra careful. But when you're older, it's still kind of like the same, but in a different way. Like, I'm not afraid to talk about it because there is nothing else for me to talk about. There's nothing else that I can do. This is my life. It's been my life. Some people understand this, some people don't. Some people get it, some people don't. But it truly is the life that I live, right? So, like, to give you an example, a colleague of mine who's an artist just performed overseas and did two major concerts back-to-back. Normally, two major concerts would be, like, on a Friday and a Saturday, right? But, no, in this particular circumstance... It was one on a Saturday, one on a Sunday. Two different repertoires, so the songs that were performed were different. My friend actually did four hours and winded up on an IV machine. So as of yesterday, my limit will be two hours for a concert, like a mega concert. I'm not doing more than two hours. So, you know, long story short, My friend, who's an artist, mentioned during his interview that pretty much, you know, he felt that he was blessed to be able to get this new money, right? To do these massive, massive events. And for me, I feel the same way, you know? Like, I feel that I have the opportunity to get this new money and even bypass some of the foundational, you know, performances. Like, you know, I don't have to do small venues. I could do medium and big venues and then huge concerts and festivals, etc. And I don't have to go through that phase because I already went through that phase at that point and at that moment in my life. So, the reason why I wrote this to my family members is because I feel alone in that feeling. There's not too many people that I could really speak to about. Like, I try not to mention it to my kids because I don't want to, like, torment them with the worry of, man, you know, my dad kind of feels bad about these things. I don't want to speak to my wife about it because... Of the same reason. I don't want to torment my my wife over these things that I'm tormented with. You know, I really can't mention it to my parents because 
you know, in a sense, they look up to me, you know. I'm their hero, you know what I mean? I don't really have a close relationship with my brothers like that. And my sisters are, like, young and in school, almost the same age as my daughters. So it's like, it leaves me in a gray spectrum, right? Like, like who can I really talk to about these things? Well, that's one thing that I was kind of, like, observing. And I was kind of, like, you know, learning from, from myself, right? So throughout this, this process... I'm also worried about other things. For example, let's talk about what I was writing to my other family member who's also dealing with a lot, right? So again, you don't want to like burden too many people. You know, I feel that all my dreams are coming true. A lot of my dreams already came true, but so many more are starting to come true. And throughout this process, I've lost so many people that are close to me. And it just changes, you know, it changes the whole feeling, the whole thought process. And I know I struck a nerve because my eyes watered when I said that. Like, this is something that I'm bottling up deep down inside. I feel so successful, and at the same time, a lot of times I feel so alone because the world doesn't understand. Like, when you become an artist, it takes a lot of you to even put that into perspective for the rest of the world, for them to um, to even categorize that. And what winds up happening is the fact that you build this this fantasy world, right? Your dreams are this this fantasy world where, you know, in a sense, like, you have this foundation with so many people in the beginning. And by the time that you achieve your dream, you know, you're lucky if you have a few people out of that collective or that group. Because life happens, you know. For one, I was very young. For two, so many things were happening in life. And just like a new artist may be forced to to play what I call Hollywood Squares, which my friend also mentioned that after his concert during his interview, which he did a very smart business move, you know. He had his biggest... Um, interview after the event of the concert because the concert has so many other of my friends that are also artists that were part of the of the performance and basically all these things kind of culminate like all these things kind of came together for this one moment and I do feel very alone I do feel like who can really understand what I'm feeling or what I'm going through. I'm so hurt that I lost my train of thought. I went so deep within my own psyche that I I pulled back away. So you guys have to bear with me because I'm basically doing plastic surgery on my soul right now. So... The same way that an artist could feel that he has to play the hypocrisy or the Hollywood Squares game, right? To just be like numb and ignorant and just look for advantageous positions to move up in their career because they feel like that's the way to do it, right? In my opinion, that's my choice. Obviously, I choose not to do that. Well, as people grow up and as things um start to happen to these people, basically, they start playing the hypocrisy, and the Hollywood squares. And, you know, it's very sad to understand that. And it's very sad to accept that. But it is the truth. 
And to me, that's very hurtful, man. Like, people say so much shit that's just, like, damaging to a person that is the artist and is creative. And it's an emotional type as I am. Like, in my music, I give you everything. I don't hold nothing back. I could give you the strongest, most confident song as well as the most vulnerable song. And I don't care what you think about me. And I don't care what you perceive. Like, only the people that understand what's emitting from my heart are going to connect with me. Those are my true fans. Everybody else is just a spectator. You may go to one concert, but I don't expect you to go to two or three. You know, you may be a fan of my music for a season. And I may never hear from that person again. But my diehard fans, they're in the shit for the long haul. They grow up, they have kids, there's new music. They listen to new music too. But they'll always go back to those old records and kind of vibe and connect. So I realized like how many of my friends were in positions of power in the music industry. And it's the crabs in the bucket mentality. Like they feel like your success is their failure and vice versa, which is bullshit because my career is not attached to anybody else but God, right? So, like, they may have been in positions of power to help, and they never extended the olive branch because it wasn't in their true agenda in their hearts and minds. It has been a competition with me the whole time. If, if I know you all your life, and I know that you play baseball. And I know you have a talent and a gift because I've seen you play my whole life. I know how dedicated and committed you are. I know that there's very minor things that, that you need to work on, right, to go professional. And let's say I got a job working for the Boston Red Sox or the New York Yankees. You would assume wrongfully so that I would make that phone call and let that person know you know there's some tryouts in your town for this upcoming season I didn't even get the common courtesy for that a tragedy happened where I had a conversation with a few people and the subconscious mind betrays you right so like they were making these comments and controlling the narrative and really like revealing to me where they are mentally in their lives. And I don't know, it's like, it's a very eerie situation. It's a very, like, insightful position where the truth doesn't hurt is accepting it. So it's like this whole time I've been working this hard. You hear it in my music. I'm talking about certain key concepts of achieving my dream for these people. And none of them ever really cared about me. This whole time they've been competing with me, you know, forcing agendas in their own personal and professional private lives, like behind closed doors. You know, if there was ever a major company interested in my music, they would be the ones to be like, no, let's look over here. Or no, let's look over there. And I never thought it would be like that. But now that I know and I have tangible proof, it still hurts. Because in my dreams, there were 40 people with 40 different Ferrari F40s, to give you an example. Now, there's only one Ferrari F40 in his mind. I'm the last car on the racetrack. I'm still running each lap, and I'm hoping that another race car comes out of the pits, you know, 
that another team is cheering, you know, another part of the crowd, that I get to look at the crowd and I get to see a different uh, competitive element. And it's just me on the racetrack. I don't feel bad anymore. You know, in business, I've done a lot of mentorship programs. And I would tell people, that's why you see the guy in the Porsche. That's why you see the guy in the Ferrari and the Lamborghini driving by themselves. When they first become successful, they want to share with the world how they did it, when they did it, what it took, and this, that, and the third, right? But they're speaking Japanese to a Chinese person. It looks the same, sounds the same, but it's not the same. And I think that's what overwhelmed me yesterday to be so emotional. Like, my dreams already came true. Now I have more dreams coming true. And I'm truly by myself. I have no one that I could really connect to. It's like I'm just going through this process and I'm sharing it with my fans. And I don't even know how long ago this thought or this feeling started. I just know that it is true to my life today. You know, I have family members that are hypocrites, that are not two-faced, they're 12-faced. You know, they can sell you the biggest dream, and as soon as you turn around, they'll destroy you with words, with feelings, with thoughts, with emotions. They want to see you fail. You know, I gave the example yesterday in my business meeting because people asked me a few questions about my family. And I said, I have the type of family that if you throw them in a bucket of acid, the acid will jump out and, and, and say that it's burning them. They're just so toxic and detrimental to my life. So they're kept very far away, like as far away as I could possibly keep them, right, from my life. I have friends that are even worse. So who the fuck do you trust? You know? All the bullshit that you deal with in the music business and the music industry and the motion picture business and the motion picture industry, like, I hear it even worse from my family. If anything, they did me a favor because I could deal with that shit so easily. Rejection, a no, a door that's closed, that doesn't discourage me. That motivates me to work even harder, right? Because all my family has done in my life is serve that purpose of belittling me or putting me down or or treating me like less than a human being. So I'm very familiar with how to deal with situations like that. And for me, it's, it's one of those things like, you know, how can I really explain or convey the feelings and the emotions that I'm trying to convey? The best way I could put it is like, God made it this way so that none of those people are ever a part of my dream. Because in a way, God protected me because he needed me to see these things. My destruction would have come from being so successful and having all these people around me, quote-unquote, dependent on me, that their betrayal would have destroyed me because... Even though I didn't reach that superstar status until I was older, my family stopped at nothing to basically still put me down and still betray me and still hurt me. I think with more money and more success, it would have just been worse. It would have been a much more rooting, uh, I'm sorry, like a ruder awakening. It would have just been worse. The magnitude would have been on another level. So I look back and I reflect on that. And from a financial standpoint, I'm like, man, I only have to buy one Ferrari and one McLaren and one Lamborghini, right? But a part of me is very sad that I'm going to be driving my McLaren by myself. You know, I never wanted that. 
I never wanted to be successful by myself. I actually think that the people that were closest to me, that betrayed me, maybe that was their fear. You know, maybe that was the reason why they, you know, they did those things. Maybe because they felt in their heart that my success was their failure. And at the end of the day, that's what winded up happening. Like, I never knew that I was already fighting social political pressures and the pressures from the industry. And at the same time, I was fighting some of my closest confidants. Because at the moment, they were just trying to move up in their careers. You know, one of those manipulative comments um, came up in a conversation that I was having about something completely different. But the intimidation, the pressure was there to where this person felt like they literally had to make this comment. And, you know, the comment was to the nature of, like, well, you'll be lucky if you get offered this. Not knowing I have a worldwide tour already planned out. I got over 500 events just overseas in one country. Remember that just because I have all of those inquiries doesn't mean that I need to do 500 events. I would do it if I had to. You know, even at $5,000, that's still $2.5 million for my number crunches, right? But um, it goes to show you how I was belittled before we even had a conversation, right? In the conversation, you know, this person would say things like, man, you, you know, you know a lot about this stuff. And I'm like, I never stopped doing music. I never stopped learning. I never stopped the pursuit of happiness. I never gave up, I never quit, I never slowed down, if anything, I got better with time, you know, and, you know, it's, it's again, one of these elements that the truth doesn't hurt, right, it's just accepting it, like, I'm very hurt, like, I'm going through the process of accepting that, the reason why these people at this point of my life are manifesting themselves in this way is because from the very beginning, that's how they always felt. So this is not new. It's not the new common, you know, modus operandum consensus. This is new to me. You know, as I was writing to my my family member, I said, you know what? I don't even want to go back to my old neighborhood because I'm just not interested anymore. I'm not interested in those things like in my music. I speak about a lot of these key concepts, right? And it's like everything has changed so much that I just don't, I just don't care about those things anymore. You know, in my music, I'm bringing life or I'm representing something that was true to my heart when I was a child. Like, I was just a kid, man. And for my fan base who has grown with me, it's more truer to them than to the people that we're supposed to be forming a part of it. And the older I get, and shout out to my mentors, the more I realize that you cannot force things in life. There are people that walked away from my life, and I'll never know why. I'll never understand the reason why. All I can do at this point in my life is accept it. Accept the fact that, you know what, you know, they have walked away from my life and all I can do is accept it 
That's it. That's all I could do is just accept it and push forward and move on with my life. It doesn't mean I have to be inhuman. It doesn't mean that I have to like it. It doesn't mean that it's not meant for me to be hurt. It just means that this is the new phase of my life. And the more I have these enlightenment moments, the more I realize how alone I truly am. Because I'm not in the darkness anymore. I'm able to see the truth. Like, you know, with my family, I give you the perfect example. They they have it all, man. They're so successful, they don't even realize how successful they are. Like, I would love to be 1% of what they are right now. Yet, they have no happiness because they're always competing with each other. And their motivation is best, like, based on how can they best you at whatever accomplishment you had last. So, <laughs> this is a dynamic that School cannot train you for. You cannot learn this from a book. It can't be given to you. You can't purchase it. It can't be gifted to you. You kind of have to draw these conclusions as you mature. And life doesn't come with an instructions manual. You know, I was watching another interview for another colleague and friend that hosts a show. And they had another celebrity colleague and friend as a guest. And this person mentioned the fact that life doesn't come with a with an instructions manual, which I agree and I understand. So, could this be the midlife crisis? I don't know, maybe, maybe not. But in my heart, I feel that this is the last thing I could have wanted or needed at this point in my life. Like, so many things are good. And my limitations are mental emotional, psychological limitations because I've been fighting a war thinking there was a million people behind me in this legion of doom and it's been me the entire time. Like, I've been fighting myself the whole time. It really sucks, man. It sucks to know that. I'll give you an example. And again, this is going into the psychosis of, of my psychology, right? A car like the Bugatti Veyron is 3 to $5 million, you know, over 1,500 horsepower, right? My mentality is more like a Remac Nevera, close to 2,000, or Conan Sega Guerra RS, just to give you an example. You could buy the Dodge uh, SRT Demon Hellcat, the new shit, the 1070, and it has over a thousand horsepower, close to a hundred grand. With a tune, I can get two thousand horsepower from that engine, no problem. At this point in my life, it doesn't matter anymore. People wouldn't appreciate me driving the Bugatti as much as I thought that they would when I was younger. You understand me? Like I, ha I can show no love. I can buy me a black, fucking Hellcat Demon. Challenger and be perfectly content. I'll give you another example from psychology because you guys know that I love cars, so I always give you guys car examples. Yesterday I was driving and I own a, a, a Ram truck. It's one of my, my work fleet vehicles. And one of my neighbors just bought one, but bought like the dually, like the 3500. You know, I have a 1500, so this shit could tow like a fucking yacht, right? And shout out to Mr. Beast. I saw the, the Tom Brady special with the $300 million yacht. No, with the billion dollar yacht. I'm sorry. And, um, you know, my neighbor bought it black on black on black with like a gunmetal gray interior. You know what that means to me? That means. It's like a political statement. My neighbor has something to prove. You know, those colors are grown. Those earth tones is more like leave me alone colors. Like, 
that car is practical because you could use it for a lot of shit. But 9 out of 10, I'm going to tell you from myself, you know, owning a monstrosity like this, which I love it. I talk a lot of shit about it, but I love my truck. Um, You don't really put it to use that much. It's more like a comfort zone. Like, you're able to do things if you have to, but it's not a day-to-day thing. Even for business, I use it almost every day, and I still don't do 90% of the shit that you're supposed to do with a big-ass truck like this. And I use that example as, you know, the common consensus that I use for the delegation of power as far as, like, a Dodge Demon. You know, a brand-new Corvette, a Z06, is over 200 grand. It's more than $70,000 markup on the MSRP. Sometimes as much as $100,000 above the MSRP. The car only, you know, the car has 671 horsepower. It's not like it has 1,500 horsepower. It's not like the whole chassis is carbon fiber, right? A Hellcat is much more easily mass-produced. There's plenty of used ones if I want a red eye or some shit like that, a wide-body version. And... I can place an order on a new one. And guess what? Just like my neighbor buy that shit black on black on black with the charcoal gray interior. And it doesn't matter. I could drive it through my old neighborhood and probably not stop. I haven't felt like that since 2012. Like uh, 11 years ago or some crazy shit like that. Why? Because at that moment in my life, I had just released my first album. And um, I had the Aventador on the cover. I called it the Aventador LP. Which, of course, when the Revuelto came out, I came out with the Revuelto LP. But um, these are cars that have marked my life from the Diablo to the fucking Murcielago to Aventador to now fucking Revuelto, you know? This is like the point and the stage, like the status that I am in in my life. It doesn't matter anymore. I could have 2,000 horsepower from a fucking a Challenger and spend 150 grand and not fucking $5 million for people that ultimately won't give a fuck. They, they're not going to understand what that was supposed to represent for me, which is like hard work, you know, pursuing your dreams and making things happen. You know... Once I realize that everybody's just competing with me, I don't have to play that game. It takes two people to dance. If you have an ill intent or ill corruption in your heart and you're looking at things in the competitive nature, well, I'm just being humble. I'm just sharing with you that I did it so you can do it too. And I'm assuming that responsibility to be your mentor. Well, I could just choose not to do that and say, you know what? I'm just going to get me a black-on-black fucking... Challenger Hellcat 1070 or 17 I think it's called and have the charcoal gray interior and I don't give a fuck what you think about me and I don't give a fuck how you judge me and I don't give a fuck you know what society says like I like the new fucking Ford Mustang that shit is you know 60,000 for the dark horse um base and I think like 80,000 for the fully loaded and honestly, I'm waiting for the Shelby Super Snake. I don't even want a GT500. You know, but these are all things that 15, 20 years ago in my career, I wouldn't think that it would be like that. You know, like, it's just so much, you know. When I first went to the state of Florida, my first goal was to buy Shaquille O'Neal's house. Um, I think I bid $17 million on that property, and the property sold for $19 million. Or maybe I bid 15 and went for 17 I don't remember. And um, just looking back today, like two or three years later, I'm happy that God didn't give me that opportunity. Because I would have been fucking crushed. If I would have been in that house, supposed to be, you know, enjoying that success, and for me to learn these things, it would have destroyed me. 
mentally, physically, psychologically, and even worse. You know what's even worse? Not knowing. Yet, the people that are closest to you, for them to be brewing that in their hearts and in their minds and souls and spirits, like, that's some powerfully evil shit, man. And I feel like that. You know, I have an estate now, which is close to the countryside. And I'm so fucking greedy because I enjoy it every day. You know why? Because it's peaceful and it's private. That, to me, is worth more than having an estate in Malibu. Whereas 25 years ago, I would disagree with that. You know, I was watching a a quick documentary, which I haven't finished. It's called Welcome to Death Row. And they're talking about the meteoric rise of Dr. Dre and Suge Knight and, you know, Death Row Records. I remember when they started the company, like, I was a little kid. I was like 8, 9, 10 years old. That was 30 years ago. And because I witnessed it firsthand, it's still so fresh in my mind. Like, you get to see the psychological influences in in your life. Because now that I'm looking back, I'm like, wow, you know, this company is going to be legendary no matter what. And it's sad that they were mostly known for their controversy more than for what they actually did for music. Like, they gave me an opportunity to be an entrepreneur. They opened the doors for, like, a Bad Boy Records and a fucking No Limit Records and et cetera. And every other major label, like the Rough Riders, Murder, Inc., you know, Rockefeller Records, and the list goes on and on and on. And, you know, you kind of ask yourself, like, where do I fit in into this whole puzzle? Here I am, world records Guinness contender, soon to be record holder, where the entire industry is going to come at me. I'm tired of the industry bullshit, so I'm going on tour by myself. My only limitation is getting my other businesses together so that I can get my credentials and my civilian rights. And it's a very expensive process that I've been going through for 15 to 20, 25 years, right? And three years ago, I thought I was ready. I'm like, yo, I'm ready to go on tour. Now I understand that I'm still going through this process. And the major part is dealing with this type of shit, is dealing with the understanding that, you know, I'm by myself, kid. It fucking hurts, man. It hurts. You know, my family's grown. You know, so many more people depend on me. And I have to be the strongest mentally, physically, psychologically. I still have to be an entrepreneur. Remember, I still got to get my other businesses going. Um, Like, I'm thinking about some franchises because I'm not looking at the franchises and its success on the surface. I'm like, man, this is the cash flow I need for my technology company. This is the cash flow that I need to keep the music going so that I have the best possible run at what I'm trying to do. And again, what the fuck is the meaning? Why am I working this hard? Why am I fighting this hard for this shit? Like, I released fucking three albums yesterday and a compilation, so four albums yesterday. That's not normal, but for me in my heart, it is perfectly normal. It is perfectly easy. It is easily attainable. It's not a challenge for me. It is truly my gift versus the industry markets and promotes that other artists could do that, but their catalog tells you the truth. So you can't fight every fight, right? So it's like I'm trying to educate the youth as far as artistry. I'm teaching them the business. I'm still educating myself. I'm going through all these processes. I'm preparing the tour. I'm doing everything by myself. I'm fucking lonely. At the same time, after this tour, I'm going to have a few million dollars. I already know that. Before, I would think about what the fuck I'm going to spend the money on. Now, I'm thinking about what the fuck am I going to do? How am I going to reinvest this money 
and scale it into other things. Because I don't want to just put my fucking money in the bank. That shit is boring as the fuck. You know what I'm trying to say? You know, I have people make comments like, aren't you going to get tired on stage? Like, what the fuck? That's like saying, so Tom Brady, you think the football's going to drop out of your fucking hands? Like, this is fucking Tom Brady we're talking about. This is fucking Michael Jordan we're talking about. That's what the fuck they do. I'm an artist. That's what I do is fucking music. That's like telling me, what if you go deaf? Like, what kind of fucking evil shit is that? Why the fuck would that even cross your stupid-ass mind? And why would you even express that to me? My boy is on an IV for performing four hours long, which is crazy. I'm happy he did it, because if he did it, I definitely could do it. But I don't want to. So, if that would have been me on the IV, after fucking performing for four hours, people wouldn't say, wow, he established a record. People would be like, oh, he's over the hill. Like, the dude with my friend. Like, my friend looked fucking pale. He looked like he almost died performing those two days back to back. But he did it. He did it, right? So, my friend is way more successful and way more recognized and known and he's dealing with the same shit so what the fuck is that telling me it's telling me the same fucking shit like why do i even have these people with this type of fucking mentality you know i spent so many years trying to explain this business and this is how it works and to so many people because i really cared about their insight i really wanted them to be a part of this shit and they just don't give a fuck because my success is their failure or they perceive it to be. And that's fucked up. And that's greedy and that's self-centered because it's like you're approaching somebody that you love, right? And you're mad at the situation and you're sad. You're actually sad because you want to buy this fucking person that you love a Lamborghini. And their mentality It's not bigger than a fucking pair of rollerblades. So you're like upset at the universe. Like, I'm mad. Like, fuck. I wanted to fucking give you a $5 million a year job. Your mentality is not even of a part-time job. Making minimum wage. Who the fuck am I trying to play God and give you this position of prestige and power? Why am I trying to get you to believe in some shit that ultimately you do not fucking believe in? You know? At the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. It's not the truth. It's for me accepting the fucking truth. I'm in denial. And I need to face it. It is the elephant in the room of my my life. Of everything that, that I'm trying to do. And at the end of the day, all I can do is fucking pray to be a better person today than what I was yesterday and be an even better person tomorrow than I am today. All I could do is work on this shit every day. I got to face these deep emotional scars and, you know, newfound understanding and meaning of life. (laughs) I don't want to force anything anymore. You know, I saw a, a buddy of mine, right? And, you know, he's driving this this yellow McLaren, right? This could have been one of the old cars in my collection. Maybe it wasn't. But maybe it was, right? And you know what I realized above everything else? This person was also driving by themselves. I don't feel that I sold this person a car. I feel like I sold them that same burden. And you know what? The car is like yellow. And black, it's like loud, it's vibrant. My friend was actually driving it. It was dusty, it was dirty. Like, he went over the the fucking, um, you know, like the hype and the, oh my God, and I can't believe it's a McLaren. And you know what I feel like I sold him? I feel like I sold him my burden. I feel that everything that I could have said a few years ago came true for that person. 
And that's not the reason why you buy a McLaren. Like, I, I crashed a Lamborghini Huracan, 2017 Huracan. And I'm going to be honest with you. I, I didn't tell too many people. You know, my wife, obviously, you know, it's my wife. She knows. But a friend of mine was talking about two different situations where other athletes or celebrities or, or entertainers actually did the same thing. My friend was talking to me about Tracy Morgan. And um, even when I had that conversation, I didn't have the confidence to tell my friend, like, do you know that I did the same shit? You know that I literally drove from the dealership and within 18 minutes I crashed this car. And it's like the car misshifted. I was kind of like daydreaming and I just couldn't stop the car in time. And I wrecked it. You know, I wrecked the car like in front of a, a Walgreens. You know those defenses, those concrete defenses that they have like the plastic cover? Um... I was way over my head. In fact, I lucked out because the value of the car was higher than what I owed on it. So it like shot up the credit, it paid off the loan, and I kept the difference, which I reinvested and made, you know, a few hundred thousand. And then I lost 200 grand. So in the end, I was just left with the fucking experience. Like, what the fuck does this mean? To this day, I don't fucking get it. I don't understand. It's just something that had to happen for me to have this understanding right here. Let's take a quick pause and we'll be back in a New York minute. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. So, to put that into perspective, yesterday was a very emotional day because everything hit me at once. And as sad as it, as it is, or as sad as I am, I'm still going to drive my McLaren by myself. It's like my punishment for having a dream. Like, that's how I'm castigated, right? Like, what do I have inside that McLaren or that Porsche or that Lamborghini or that Pagani or Koenigsegg? My music. You know? smoke a little yerbits and drive my shit and just look at the world from a fucking window from behind the glass of that McLaren and people may look at the car in amazement you know what my wife said when she seen the, the yellow McLaren she said it's still ugly this whole time, this is how my my wife really, really felt about the car. But because I didn't own it, she didn't have to feel bad to speak her mind. She said, that shit is still ugly. It looks like a bug. It kind of does look like a bug if you think about it. You know, and again, <laughs> these are all things that are not supposed to always make sense. I wish I could sit down with my dad and try to get some type of um, reasoning. But my dad has a lot of issues he's never really faced. And I'm not the one to bring that to the forefront. It's hard to teach somebody how to dream or how to perceive things in, in a deep spectrum. I think about everything artistically in a deep spectrum you know that's how I view the world but I also respect and accept the fact that most people do not view the world that that way and that's not how they communicate that's not how they manifest themselves that's not how they express themselves they don't live in that plateau. They don't live in that plane as far as life. So, it puts so much into perspective for me because this is the caterpillar growing into a fucking butterfly. I don't have to like it. 
you know, I don't have to agree. I just have to understand, you know. And again, I don't want to force nothing in my life, man. I'm I'm beyond that shit. You know, I have family members say hurtful things like, oh, you have these good ideas, but now it's time to do and now it's time to do. This whole time I've been teaching people, all of my success does not come from me. God put the people, the places, the circumstances, the things to the point where like all the stars aligned, boom, success overnight. If at any moment something was missing, then that would be a completely different dynamic, right? So the reality is this. If there's a main theme, when I'm doing even a mentorship series, when I'm trying to explain this to people, it's the fact that God is in control. Like I'm going through this shit right now because God wants me to go through these things. I'm feeling all these emotions and these thoughts and, and, and all these things are processing to me because that's exactly what God wants me to fucking deal with. And I have no control. All I am is like the fucking vessel. All I'm doing is like the same way I do music, things are just flowing through my heart and my spirit and my mind and my soul. It's the exact same thing when it comes to this situation that I'm in. I thank God that I have a magazine and I have a radio show and a podcast. I thank God that I'm able to discuss these things with each and every single one of you. Because this is all I have. And when you build a successful company, they don't glamorize. Hollywood doesn't talk about these moments like today. I have a few business meetings. None of them are confirmed. I have to wait about an hour and a half just to confirm the business meetings so that I can alter my routes. So that I can GPS where I need to be. I'm so emotional that I have to be careful with how I pivot with my thoughts because it can render the quality of me doing business and executing these deals for the greater good of what I'm already trying to do. What the fuck does it mean? I don't know what the fuck it means. I just know that I feel what I feel. And I know that I have to at least be careful and protect myself at all times. This shit is like fucking boxing. So now I don't need the French Riviera style Malibu estate on the beach in Punta Cana. I could get a fucking high rise in Piantini and be just as happy because I can drive to Punta Cana in two or three hours. And for me, that's some shit that I do for fucking fun. You know, I don't need a 22-bedroom mansion, man. The saddest part is that I have nobody to invite to that 22-bedroom mansion. It would be nicer to live in a gated community and buy my parents a house there and buy my kids a, a pad there where they could just chill and be fucking young adults. And for me to not limit them, just let them be fucking young adults. At this point in my life, I could just get me a, a high-rise downtown. And that's it. Less is more. I don't need to put myself in this massive debt. Like, I don't want an Audemars. <laughs> you know, even the Jacob & Cole is within a few thousand dollars of a regular Rolex without diamonds. You know, I think it's a GMT or something like that. Or even a two-door is only, a you know, a few thousand dollars. But I'll give you an example. Yesterday, you know, I'm doing some research for my performances, right? So, <clears throat> my artist name has R1 in it, right? That's my original artist name. I had to change it because somebody stole the original. And I'm looking for the apparel. So, I just happened to click in and look at the prices of some of the of the of the new you know R1 models right and I'm looking at the price and 
I actually saw a base model for around seventeen to eighteen thousand. To give you an example, to put it in context, right? So I go to Ducati so I can have a different set of wardrobe for for a different performance. And when I go to Ducati, I see that the Panigale, the V2, which is my original favorite, you know. It's like eighteen thousand nine ninety five, so like a thousand to two thousand dollar difference. What the fuck makes you think I'm gonna go get an R one if I could get a fucking Ducati for a thousand dollars or two thousand dollars more? Life for me is like that eureka moment where the light bulb goes off. That's exactly how I feel right now. So it's not just spending eighteen thousand or twenty thousand on a Jacob and Co. Even though I had it when I was very young. And that's kind of why I wanted to kind of relive that. You know, I don't mind spending a few thousand dollars more and getting a Rolex. That's still a lot of money, but it's not two or three hundred thousand dollars for a Cartier or a million or two million dollars for a fucking Richard Milley, Automar, Piquet, whatever the fuck. I don't even know how you call them shits. I just know what I hear other artists say, right? And that's kind of how I feel about life. Like... Lamborghini bought Ducati, first of all. So, like, even if I didn't want to spend the money on a Revuelto, nothing can stop me from buying a fucking Panigale. And (laughs) I'm even at that moment in my life, like, I'm at that point where I could buy a Panigale and I could buy a Supersport And I wouldn't be speeding around. I wouldn't be fucking around. I wouldn't drive that shit every day. But I'm more interested in that for my collection than almost anything else. And and again, these are bikes that are like, you know, less than twenty twenty five thousand. This is not like a fucking Bimota or or some shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Like. Even the V4, the Super Sport, Super Legera, like them shits cost top of the line money. Like them shits cost top of the line prices, right? And it's like somebody asked a question yesterday in that special with Mr. Beast and Tom Brady. Would you rather have $300 million boats or one $300 million boat? I'd rather have $301 million boats. I know it's the maintenance and all that bullshit. But you know what? I could enjoy it. More people would be on the water with me enjoying it. If I have a $300 million boat, well, that kind of sucks that I'm by myself. And that's the reality that I'm facing right now in my life. I'm still in denial. I'm I'm recording this podcast and I'm fighting these thoughts because I don't understand what the fuck this means. If anything, from a financial standpoint, man, it's going to save me some money. To only have to buy one Ferrari instead of 20. But just the fact that I admire, the fact that I was willing to do that says a lot about who I am. Meanwhile, the people closest to me have been playing against me. This whole time. That shit hurts. And if you ask me in my heart of hearts, in the bottom of my heart, none of those materialistic things or accolades or recognition or positions of power, whatever the fuck definition you want to give uh, to it, are important to me. I just saw a 240s Datsun Turbo. My father had one of them shits, 2 plus 2. That was burgundy. My dad had the purple shit. You know? It's uh it's one of those things, man. It's one of those things, man. And I'm just learning, I'm growing through this process, man. Nobody said it would be easy, man, but I am human. And I have to explore what I feel inside, man. I have to explore. Ladies and gentlemen, 
tune in next time for another episode. We'll go more in depth into this this moment that I'm experiencing. You know, yesterday I kind of accepted a little bit that maybe I am going through a light depression. At least that's my way of accepting whatever I'm feeling, even though I don't understand it. So now I can be proactive and work on it. I love you guys, man. May you have a wonderful day today. May you conquer everything in your path. And may everything that you touch turn into solid gold. Always remember to dream big because dreams come true. It happened to me. I know for a fact it's going to happen to you. Please like, subscribe, share. Let the world know that there's this crazy musician who's super talented, super gifted, but is also an entrepreneur and finds a perfect balance of doing both. He's actually showing you in this podcast, which is conversation style, his growth and development throughout this process. And you as well can be a part of it. Have a beautiful day. I love you guys.